the first impression is meeting them. Second would be getting on their website and looking at their reviews. Google, their website, Facebook, LinkedIn, just making sure that they have solid reviews on this. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. And first off, I hope you're having a best ever weekend because today is Saturday. We got a special segment for you called Situation Saturday. And here's a situation you want to learn about the different aspects of investing in real estate. And one of those aspects that you probably don't know or probably haven't studied a whole lot is the commercial cleaning aspect of the business. So working with companies that come in and actually do the cleaning. And we're going to be talking to a best ever guest who he's the owner of Legacy Construction Cleaning and has been working with investors in construction clues, cleaning facilities for over 20 years. First off, how you doing, Edgar Aguilar? I am great, Joe. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Looking forward to our conversation. So I guess what would be helpful is if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit more about your background and your company's current focus. Yeah, I would love to, Joe. Thank you. Well, initially, we took over the company about 10 years ago. In 2008, in the best market ever, we took over a struggling janitorial company. Yep. I, I say that lightly because, yeah. as you know, 2008 was crazy. Well, little did I know at that point that we were going through one of the hardest recessions ever. Sure. So here I am, 23 years old. And my wife's grandpa had just passed away from lung cancer. I had just graduated from business management school with the passion of one day owning my own business of mm -hmm. something. Well, after he passed away, nobody really wanted to take over the company. So I put my hand up and I said, I'll take it over, thinking that I knew everything about business because I had just graduated business school. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's a joke because as we all know, that's not the way it goes. So at that point, I was also working for corporate America and I was running the job part time and I continued doing that for the next four years and going to corporate America, having an eight to five job and then going to go clean afterwards or before and did that for year after year. Well, at 25, I made the most money I had ever made doing both gigs. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I thought I was on top of the world. How much were you I made six figures. Woohoo! <laughs> With my corporate job and the business. Mm -hmm. And at 25, I believed that I was pretty unstoppable making more money than I had ever made 
more money than my parents had ever made. That's a ton of money for anyone, but 25-year-old, that's six figures. Yes, please. <laughs> that's the way I felt, and nobody could tell me anything. Well, you fast forward three years, and now I'm 28, and the income kind of dropped, and we're not really gaining no momentum on the business, and corporate America was just, it was very, very stressful situation, just going in to a job that you don't like, doing something that you don't want to do just for a paycheck week to week. And I'm sure a lot of listeners could relate to this when you're stuck at a job just for a paycheck mm-hmm. and you're not happy about what you're doing. Luckily for me, I happened to put personal development one day on YouTube and a course of Napoleon Hill came up. And he was talking about personal development, about your goals, about a mastermind group. And that completely revolutionized the way I started thinking from that point going forward. I thought, man, who is this guy? What is this whole thing about personal development? And the more you learn, the more you earn. Like, what is this about personal development? And it really intrigued me. So I started taking notes. I filled up a whole notebook of what Napoleon Hill was talking about. Then at 29, I said, this is it with corporate America. I can no longer do this. And fast forward to when I was 30, actually that same year at 30, I put in my two weeks and I jumped full time into business ownership. Mm -hmm. Scariest thing I've ever did. It was the scariest thing and the happiest feeling I had ever felt. At this point, I have three kids. I don't know how I'm going to be paying for health insurance. I don't know how I'm going to be paying the bills. But I knew that if I kept learning and just putting myself out there, I would make it. Well, six months after I made that transition, I landed a huge janitorial account where it was bringing in 2500 bucks a month. At that point, it was enough money to pay all my bills and to just continue with the business. And I knew that was the guiding light because at that point, it was the same amount of income that my corporate job was paying. So I just had to work my butt off every day for the next few years. And I worked, I cleaned, I worked. Our focus was construction cleaning. So we would go in the morning clean a custom build home. And then at night I would go do my janitorial gig. And that happened now for the next two years. I did that every day, worked from 7 a.m. till midnight, go home, sleep for a few hours, get up and do it again. Well, I started getting a little bit of momentum. So I got one employee, two employees, three employees. I started putting them in team, putting them in different offices. Now we have a team of 12. We have 30 different office buildings that we clean, and we have about 20 different builders that we work with, anywhere from custom-built homes, remodel, pop-ups, apartment buildings, restaurants. We've pretty much done every type of construction cleaning that you can imagine. But I really put a lot of the emphasis on my personal development because those two years that I was out there cleaning from 7 a.m. to 12 midnight, I had audible books 
just playing. So while I was cleaning toilets, I was learning. While I was sweeping and mopping and vacuuming, I was learning. I put over 50 different books from John Maxwell, Darren Hardy, Napoleon Hill into my inner circle. And once I started doing that, I really seen my income jump. And in the last three years, we have been able to double the business each year, year over year. Wow. That's impressive, especially that you took a company and have grown it to this extent and have scaled it. And clearly the focus on personal development is at the forefront and what is the foundation of everything. Plus you actually acting on the personal development tips that these individuals give you. You need to actually do things that people suggest you do versus just listening to them and you clearly have done them. Let's get into some details about the business because audiences, real estate investors, and it'd be good to hear from the perspective of someone who we would hire, how you price your jobs, things to consider as a real estate investor, knowing what you know when we're hiring a company like yours. So what can you tell us about some of your business specifics? Great question. Our pricing is normally on a per square foot basis, and I'm sure that a lot of real estate investors, flippers, like to know solid prices on it. What will happen in my experience is when I go in to give a bid for a new builder, I am normally competing with the smaller mom and pop shops. That means if we do it right, there's gonna be three separate bids or four different bids from different companies. Normally, you'll have your lowest two and then your higher two. Normally, your lower two cleaning estimates are going to come from people who not only own the business, but are actually going to be on-site cleaning the job site, which is a double-edged sword. It's good on one hand because you're going to get the lowest price, but on the other hand, you have the actual owner in there cleaning, and they're paying themselves a very minimal hourly fee. And that's normally how you could get to the lower price. Why is that a bad thing if you hire someone who is the owner of the company and they're paying their self a lower fee? It's bad because you will never see any growth with that company. It was like what I was doing five years ago, and I had a very small mindset. I'm thinking about it from a real estate investor standpoint, not your perspective. So if I'm looking at bids and one of the lower bids is with a group that is the owner is going to be cleaning – I don't care what they pay themselves as long as I'm getting the lower bid and a good service. Very good point. And a lot of people like that. A lot of people like to see the owner actually out there cleaning. The only problem with that is that how long can they do that for? And if we're looking at the long-term game and you're doing multiple flips, there will be good for one season. But if you're doing multiple projects throughout years, they might not be able to sustain that type of job for a long period of growth. Okay. For example, for me, I have all employees. I got them under insurance, workman's comp, pay my taxes. So we are a total legitimate company. And sometimes when we deal with these smaller companies, especially the owners in the lower estimate, they're not insured. They're not bonded. They don't have workman's comp. They don't have standards. And they don't have any long-term growth. So if you are in the game long-term, 
it's better to just hook up with the cleaning company that has been around for a while and that is doing everything right by the books. Unfortunately, you're going to pay a little bit more with that. Mm-hmm. So it's that double-edged sword. You could go on one side with that lower fee person, the owner's doing it, but how long can they sustain that? Let's say you have three flips or four flips or multiple projects, or you have a 27-unit apartment building, they could only do so much. And if you have an apartment building, 27 units or 30 units, then you have two other houses, and then you have a commercial space that all need to be cleaned within the same week. A one-man crew normally can't handle something like that. You need to have multiple teams. So because of that, you paid a little bit of a premium price. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. So that would be the biggest thing. And you said you charge on a per square foot basis. Is that typical for the industry? Yes. Or yes. some people do T&M. T&M. What's that? Time and material. Oh, got it. Okay. So per square foot basis, what's the range that price will be from a per square foot basis? Now, I am in the Denver market area. Yep. So that means that there's a lot of construction going on around here. People are flocking into our state, into the Denver metro area. So the competition is pretty high. We are about 40 cents a square foot up to 60 cents a square foot for residential. That's kind of average. And you could find that throughout our industry when it comes to construction cleaning. So if you're going to do a flip, a thousand square feet at 40 cents a square foot, you're looking at 400 bucks. Cool. Pretty typical. Now, if you're building a restaurant, because it's a lot more detailed work, they're going to be putting in a lot more elbow grease. You're going to have to clean the walls, the stainless steel. Now our pricing changes closer to a dollar per square foot. If it's a 5,000 square foot Chick-fil-A or just any type of restaurant, it's normally closer to the dollar a square foot. Now that normally does also include all the window paint with that dollar a square foot. And it also normally includes two cleanings. One, the pre-construction cleaning, just to kind of get it up to the CO standards right before they have the health inspection. And then the final clean right before they open. Mm -hmm. Got it. In the 40 to 60 cents a square foot for residential construction cleaning. So you're talking a fix and flip house, anyone who does ground up development. Those are the two primary residential construction cleanings, right? Right. Okay. 40 to 60 cents. What would influence it being 40 cents versus 60 cents? Normally anything over 5,000 square feet would be on the 60 cent mark because you're going to be there a lot longer. There is a lot more detailed oriented work and it's just a bigger space, more to cover. So normally the bigger the project is, over 5,000 square feet, that's when you'll see a 50 or 60 cent charge for that project. It's just a lot more detailed work. So I would think that the bigger the project, the cheaper it would be because then you're in one place longer and you don't have to travel from job to job. Therefore, there would be economies of scale. So if someone has mentioned that to you, what's your response to that? Because the bigger it is, the longer it's going to take, and we're going to have to do multiple trips. So normally for something over 5,000 square feet, 
I always like to tell our customers, our builders, our homeowners, our flippers, it's going to take two to three days to be on the safe side. On anything smaller of a 5,000 square foot, if we take a big team, we are normally able to be in and out in a day. The problem with that is that no matter what we do, there's always going to be dust particles that's going to settle on flat surfaces. So to cover yourself, especially on a five, six, seven thousand square foot project, you want to be in there two days. You could probably do it in a day, but it's going to kill your people. So you want to be there two to three days in order to cover all those flat surfaces. Because once you start dusting the walls and the ceilings and the ceiling fans, that dust doesn't settle right away. It normally takes 24 hours for it to settle down. Then one thing that I ran across, sometimes homeowners, flippers, builders will go the next day and rub their hands on flat surfaces and dust will come up on their hands. And it's not that it didn't get clean. It's just that those dust particles now are settling down and it needs to be recleaned. Mm. So the bigger the project is, the longer it's going to take us to clean it. And to keep it on the safe side, we want to ensure our customer satisfaction. So we want to say it's going to take us two to three days. So that way we're always coming back to clean those flat surfaces after the dust particles have settled down. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it'd be a two to three day job. So it makes more sense. So yeah, thanks for clarifying that. Put yourself in our shoes for a moment, if you would, please. Real estate investor who's considering different cleaning options or just being educated on the cleaning process. What else should we know that we probably don't know? First, you want to meet with them. Normally, just meeting someone face-to-face will tell you a lot. As we all know, the first five seconds that you meet anybody, the first five seconds tell a lot, your first impression. If someone's getting there and they have pants down to their knees and they have a shirt that's tore up, do you really want someone like that in your house or in your project cleaning it? even though they might be the cheapest and they are the owner of the company, do you really want that to represent your project? I would say no. You want somebody that is clean cut, looking clean, just because that's a representation on who you're hiring. So I would say that's first. The first impression is meeting them. Second would be getting on their website and looking at their reviews. Google, their website, Facebook, LinkedIn, just making sure that they have solid reviews on this. That's one thing that we pride ourselves in a lot is just having great reviews. Customer service is a must for us, but other companies don't have that as our philosophy. Mm-hmm. So I'd say meeting and looking at their proposal, seeing how the proposal is structured. Is it just something on a Word document that anybody could do? Or is it a really nice, professionally done software estimate that was done on a nice software that they have to pay? Mm -hmm. Just because all those little things have a lot to do with the way you feel about somebody. And then at that point, you can make an educated decision. They have great reviews. They have a great website. They have a great online presence. When I met them, they were clean cut. They knew what they were talking about. So I guess those few items would be able to tell you a lot from a person. Sure. Yeah, it's the little things that add up to a big thing. And 
It's how they approach those items is a likely indicator for how they'll approach working with you whenever you have selected them. Exactly. Edgar, thank you so much for being on the show. How can the best ever listeners learn more about your company? Yeah, thank you. They could just go to our website. It's LegacyConstructionCleaning.com or I'm on LinkedIn under Edgar Aguilar or we have a Facebook page, Legacy Construction Cleaning, any of those ways. Excellent. In this conversation, I learned a lot of things. One is the two common ways to price out. One is on a per square foot basis, which is typical, or the other is time and material, T&M. And where you are in Denver, 40 to 60 cents a square foot for a residential construction cleaning. So that's the fix and flippers and anyone doing ground up development for residential. And then it increases for restaurants because the higher level of cleaning and more detailed level of cleaning. And then also when we're selecting a cleaning company, looking at online reviews, looking at the website, mm-hmm. meeting them in person and looking at the proposal, how it's structured and how professional it is, because it's likely an indicator of how professional they'll be and how good of a quality of job they'll do whenever you select them or if you don't select them. So Edgar, thanks for being on the show. That was great. The weekend and we'll talk to you again soon. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great day. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com and there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. 